0: This episode contains depictions of violence that some may find triggering or disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. So, yeah, um, I am Maria Hi, I'm Laura <laughs> We did it from the beginning We did it, we remembered <laughs> It's a good start To it's an otherwise bumpy Monday
1: <laughs> I need to remember Not to yell though
0: um, So this is our spooky episode um, I'm doing true crime this time around I'm excited to see what you did For paranormal, or wait, did I do it right? I'm true crime, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> sometimes I second guess myself like wait did I do the, <laughs> do the wrong thing <laughs> Um, I'm really excited because my thing is like super super I was literally
1: just about to question it because I was like what did I do <laughs> last time
0: yeah like I, I always do that one when- with these spooky episodes. I always like second guess myself on which topic I am covering but this one I- it's super super recent like really really recent like everything just like Broke out in the news um two weeks ago from the Ooh. time of this recording, like in late August oh wow, yeah, so I'm really excited to to get into it, but I don't know, did you wanna do like some sort of um I feel like we've totally bypassed kind of like our catch up talk that we usually have,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, um. What is there to even, like, t- there's always drama in the witchy world. Right. And I yeah. kind of feel tired of, like, talking about it, at least at this point in time, because it's just stressful. hmm Everyone get along. Yeah. Listen to our last episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. Listen back to... It's
1: all, it's all, all we need.
0: <laughs> help. Uh, um, Wait. Are you talking about the help I don't fit in? Yeah. Right. I'm like, yeah. wait, that or the but like maybe Witchcraft? Which is, which is also like very good one. It, but, but, like,
1: well, that, too. Yeah. That one, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Just listen to, like, our last just... two witchy episodes. So, all right. Yeah. So my true crime thing that I'm covering, super, super recent, um, and is a current political scandal that's happening in Brazil. Do you know what I'm talking about by, oh. by chance? <laughs> um so I was yeah, on I a Facebook show. group um and this all these screenshots of like a Tumblr thread came up about this scandal that just broke out in oh. Brazil. And I'm like, you know us US people or anyone just like honestly globally aware of u.s politics right now it's just like such a fucking shit show yeah um so i wanted to give like everyone a break from that nonsense so that we can talk about this brazilian scandal (laughs) nonsense instead
2: (laughs) thank you so
0: (laughs) let's take a little trip over to rio de janeiro um today we are talking about flor de Lee dos santos de Souza who is a famous contemporary christian like gospel singer Mm -hmm. uh slash pastor and um as of late is a new congresswoman in brazil representing rio de janeiro good for her that's where like the the political scandal comes in so obviously it's not really about her politics so much but about her personal life that's recently come to light oh okay Um, So yeah, so I saw someone post these screenshots of this Tumblr thread, and the username was Cringe Control. Oh, Um, and they basically did kind of like a cursory explanation of this entire scandal, like a, a, um, you know, like a summary. And I'm like, wow, this is wild. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I absolutely, I have to cover this. Um. A cringe control described it as quote, the, that's like all caps, the, <laughs> the biggest and wildest political scandal in the history of planet fucking Earth.
1: <laughs> Whoa, that's a big claim.
0: Yeah, let's see if it if it holds up to, you know, what you think might happen here. Yeah. But, um, but yes, yeah, so like this just all came out like a couple weeks ago and is a developing story so everyone keep in mind that when this airs, maybe there's some new information that comes to light. But as of this recording, you know, Labor Day, September 7th, 2020. This is what we know. Um okay. so a little background mm-hmm. on Flor lis and I just have to say I'm like such an idiot cuz when I read her name online, mm-hmm. I was like, Ah, oh, Flor Delis," and it was like the most <laughs> white <laughs> moment I've had as a non-white person. Floor Dallas, that's a weird, maybe it's pronounced different in Brazilian. You gotta hit Brazilian, that R it's real prettier, hard and then though, it, Floor. Floor oh Dallas. Oh my god. <laughs> floor Dallas. And I'm like, oh, it's funny, it kind of sounds like Fort Dallas, <laughs> or Fort Worth Dallas. Started thinking about Texas, I just went down a whole dumb train of thought, <laughs> and then it hit me, like, literally a day after I read those posts, and I'm like, oh my god, fuck, like, fucking... Of course, (laughs) Fleur-de-lis So yeah, now that like Those two things like clicked in my head um, Fleur-de-lis is a very pretty name It very much is Um, Unfortunately, yeah Like if I was um, A big fan of like Beethoven Or music or whatever Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone knows like the piano piece Fleur-de-lis, like I would name my daughter after that But now not so much after reading this So, (laughs) moving on so, Flora de Lee was born in 1961 in Rio de Janeiro. Um, she lost her father and brother in a car accident at the age of 14. Um, she later became a teacher and pastor and became relatively famous in the 1990s, creating this image of a very saintly evangelical woman. She had three biological children and had adopted five teenagers. Wow. One of the adopted teens... Yeah. Yeah. You don't even oh, know. Okay. We're just getting <laughs> okay. started. One of, the, one of the adopted teens was named Anderson De Carmo, who would later become himself an evangelical pastor. Um. So just, like, take note of that name. Okay. As username Cringe Control on Tumblr describes, these adopted teenagers were called her, quote-unquote, A-kids. Oh. Like the A-team. Okay. Like these are the A-kids. <clears throat> In 1994, she adopted... Thirty-seven children at once.
1: That's allowed
0: in Brazil. It is (laughs) apparently thirty-seven children.
1: Now, okay, I'm really wondering what the adoption process is over there. Not just being allowed to adopt that many, but like here, if you want to adopt a kid, it's so incredibly
0: expensive
1: and yes, a super long process.
0: Like even if you are a foster parent. And, you know, you take one of the, your foster kids in a, and adopt mm-hmm. them as your own. That's still, like, this legal process and you have to go through to really such, make it It's official. a long process
1: to become a foster parent, too.
0: Yeah. You have to, like, be trained mm-hmm. and everything. And, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, 1994. 37 more kiddos. Okay. I don't know how many minivans she must have had to buy. <laughs> a fleet. <laughs> A fleet. A she bus. Mo- All right. Along with these thirty-seven kids, she like picks them up, and then like on the same trip, she's like, "Kids, we're going. are going straight to the dealership. I need to get way more cars." <laughs> um. So she actually kept adopting more and more kids. Finally, the to- final total fifty-five adopted children. Oh no. Yeah. So I mean, oh. there was the first five that were the teenagers that are considered with her biological children, the A kids, and then the last fifty to be adopted are referred to as her B kids.
1: That's very interesting because uh so I'm going through the very beginning stages of IVF and like learning the lingo and when they like make Mm -hmm. your little embryos, they get graded. So it's literally this baby is an A, this baby's a B. Oh that one's that one's a C Or it's like, like a a or a b and then b b oh, or B. yeah, it's very interesting,
0: yeah, um, not like this, but <laughs> oh, I know, not exactly the same, Laura, but um, okay, no, I understand what you mean, like it's yeah, yeah, um, so apparently, so like as you were saying, you touched on like what was the process, and I'm not yeah. totally sure if all these adoptions were legal, um because oh, okay. A- Apparently, there were rumors going around in the early 2000s that she was kidnapping these children. (gasps) I mean, they are rumors. Okay. But ironically, these rumors made her more famous, but then no one actually believed them because she had such a saintly image about her. Like it. Right. Like they're like, okay, like everyone's just being haters, (laughs) but couldn't possibly. Right. Like the media was just kind of a buzz on like, how the hell do you adopt a total of 50 children on top of having five already? Right. Um, so she was actually so highly regarded and beloved in Brazil for her charity work and adoptions that a film based on her life called de Lee colon, Basta Uma Palavra Para Mudar. I don't know if that's I'm I know I'm sure I'm butchering the Brazilian accent on it, but it that movie was released in 2009, and okay. so that film title translates to "Flor de Lee colon it takes but one word to change," like kind of basically like an inspirational like biopic,
1: <sighs> yeah about her. Okay,
0: and the movie starred some of the biggest names in the Brazilian film industry. Um. And when it came out, the movie was like a major success. So this wasn't like some sort of lifetime movie; it was a major motion picture film um, right. in like Brazil. <laughs> uh huh. So, like, honestly, what's even crazier is that all the profits fr- profits from the film went straight to Florida Lee to ha- help take care of her f- total fifty eight children.
1: Are you serious?
0: I'm absolutely serious.
1: Fuck everyone involved in the movie, right?
0: The actors <laughs> of the movie refused to get paid. They did it pro oh. bono because she's such a saintly, godly woman. Oh, they, like, fuck. refused right. to get even paid. I do not know what she did. <laughs> oh, my, like, I just, I can't, like, she's, like, basically, you know... Apparently, the Virgin Mary incarnate in Brazil, or at least once was. Right. So, now prepare yourself, because shit's about to get really weird. Like, weird. I'm ready. Um, so, one of her biological children, Simone, started a romantic relationship with her adopted brother, who we mentioned earlier, Anderson de Carmo, when both of them were still teenagers. Oh. Um... And they kept this relationship on until they were adults, um, but once they became adults, Anderson broke up with Simone to marry his mother-in-law slash adopted mother, Fleur de Lee.
1: So, like, Woody Allen. Mm. But his daughter wasn't dating another sibling.
2: Right? Yeah,
0: so it very kind of, like, very incestuous. I mean, I know, like... <sighs> I know, like, obviously Anderson isn't blood, but it's still very fucking weird when you... Yeah. ...basically come into adulthood. It's your family. And the thing is, is that... Yeah. ...if Anderson was adopted as a teenager, it wasn't very shortly after that they got into a romantic relationship. Right. Because they were still teenagers when they started this relationship. And then he immediately, like, jumped from his sister to his Mother. mother adopted mother like he left simone to marry their mother (laughs) yeah vomitous um (laughs) so there are rumors that the three of them florida lee anderson and simone had a dynamic between them that was a little off
1: oh great
0: which i feel like is kind of an understatement so remember like anderson actually, like, became a famous and highly regarded evangelical pastor, like, in his own right. Uh-huh. So their followers, like, I don't know if it was, like, at events, but pretty much, like, the followers of Fleur de Lee and Anderson have alleged seeing all three of them coming out of a bedroom only wearing bath towels. Oh. And that the couple, Fleur de Lee and Anderson, have been frequently spotted at swing houses. <gasps> which is, nasty. like you know, all the power to you on what makes things exciting for you sexually as a couple. I don't agree with getting your daughter involved. And also, you're like an evangelical power couple. Yeah, It just is not great for your image. But these have all been allegations. None of them have been um, confirmed, I have to say. Just have to get that out there. They're not confirmed. Um, But a lot of people are coming forward saying that they saw, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um. Okay. So after Florida Lee married her adopted son, ew, <laughs> and the two—that's her became, son. <laughs> yeah, it's her son. I'm sorry, that's your son. <laughs> like she brought him into her home to be her child, and then she married him. And then like, it's like I if she. Like... So again, like nuanced uh, dynamics here. If um. If Anderson left Simone to be with Flor de Lee, that means that he was probably cheating on Simone with Flor de Lee. Yeah, because he immediately like broke it off and then jumped and married Flor de Lee.
1: Right. How old was he when that happened? Oh, do
0: we um, know that? I think in the thirties. I can't say for sure. Okay. But yeah, they have like a what is it? Like a sixteen age. 16 year okay. age difference or something like that. I don't know. I have the mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. I I I noted their current ages at the right. end of of my notes and then we'll do the math from there. So he she marries her adopted son. The two become the power couple in the Brazilian evangelical circles, which apparently is like evangelical evangelical Christianity is huge on the rise in Brazil. Okay. Yeah, so Anderson started taking over Control of the family finances, eventually controlling all of it. And this is like Anderson's saving grace to me. Is he even blocked Florida Lee from giving preferential treatment to her favorite children, which were the A kids, which oh, caused major man. tension in the family. Like so she like Got was it. like spoiling the three biological kids, kids and the first five adopted mm-hmm. kids and like the rest of them kinda like were eh. Right. Um, okay, so as I said, these A kids, those kids who were the biological children and the first five adopted actually lived really good lives, as you can imagine being like the favorites. However, the B kids, the other, um, what is it, 50 kids, uh, <laughs> lived in <laughs> lived in squalor, Aww. reportedly eating old pasta with sausages and dry bread every single day
1: babies, which
0: isn't like the worst, but no, that sucks. But, like, but that yeah. sucks. Yeah, like they're still getting food, but we don't know like how much or how little, and it's like the same and fucking it's... thing every single day. And it's like old, like very, like they're being neglected.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, one of her adopted sons told the media that there was a uh, quote initiation process. <gasps> That he had to go through when he joined the family.
1: Oh, I feel like I see where this is all going.
0: In this initiation process, he had to wear only white for days on end and was locked in his room eating only rice and vegetables (coughs) and he alleged that they used their own blood to write they were were forced to use their own blood to write psalms and that he eventually had the opportunity to be quote, purified from the mundane world, unquote, by sleeping with Fleur Delis.
2: Oh.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. Was that where you thought it was going?
1: Like, kind of. <laughs> I figured something like that would come into play. Like, I was thinking, like, sex definitely but inv- I didn't realize there was going to be, like, a sex initiation, I thought. Yeah,
0: like- which is so, so, like, people are starting to kind of call her, like, a cult leader and trying to kind of... Yes. There's arguments of, like, are we going to, you know... Are all these kids actually... Is she just, like, starting this cult that's, like, a double-edged sword of her enjoying, I guess, this gross, incestuous sex life and control over these kids? Like, she's abusing these kids, plus yeah. using them to, like, bolster her um very Christian, clean image. So... Anderson de Carmo filed for divorce in 2019, just last year. Uh, the, re- the reasons which aren't totally clear, but I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say it might be, <laughs> I don't know, because Fleur de Lee is an incestuous monster slash cult leader. Uh, yeah. That might have caused some tension. Maybe. I don't know.
1: She farts in her sleep and he can't stand it.
0: That was, that was the deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, she did not want the divorce. For a few uh-huh. reasons, of which um, the user the Tumblr user um, cringe control, they gave such like a beautiful they call, like a beautiful breakdown of these reasons and I just love what they called each of the reasons. so there's the financial reason, the probable actual reason, and finally <laughs> the reason she gave the police when shit hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> so first the financial reason. If they got divorced, the money and assets would be split down the middle between Anderson and Florida Lee, which I will say, I mean, I get why Florida Lee and the rest of her kids saw that as unfair, since half would all go to Anderson and the other half would go to Florida Lee and her other 57 children. Right. Um, the probable actual reason Florida Lee spent 20 plus years building her image and fame as a godly woman. And with Anderson, they were the evangelical power couple in Brazil. Also, Flor Delis had just been elected as congresswoman representing Rio de Janeiro, so she wanted to avoid tarnishing her, like, sparkling clean reputation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and finally, the reason she gave the police when she shit hit the fan, <laughs> Flor Delis wanted to avoid divorce, not just for their public image, but saying that divorce would scandalize God. Oh. So, instead of divorce, she sought Out a different way for things to end up in her favor. So back to Simone, her uh, her biological daughter slash Anderson's ex girlfriend slash daughter in law, or stepdaughter. (laughs) Yeah, right. uh, Yeah, daughter in law. Um, Wait, no. Yeah, stepdaughter. Mm -hmm. Oh, so weird. So she, I guess, had started to really resent (laughs) Anderson. I guess you could say.
1: Thinking I'm your daddy now.
0: it's like Sarah. this whole situation is 50 shades of fucked up it really is um, it is yeah Sorry. i love I love it like she had started to resent anderson according to some sources like i read on like an article and i'm like no shit she, <laughs> of course she he did. left her for your mother you know like it's like yeah. horrible um so okay. she te- teamed up with her mom to poison Anderson by spiking his drinks. <gasps> they attempted this six times. Now, I couldn't find what they were trying to poison him with. Like, right. none of the articles that covered it would say, like, what the substance was. And maybe that'll come up as the investigations further. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even think... This hasn't <clears throat> even reached trials, right? So okay. we'll we'll find out more information later. Um, And in the process of trying to poison Anderson... They actually ended up accidentally poisoning a bunch of their own children/slash siblings in the process, but luckily no one died. They just got like fucking sick. Um, Jesus. So poisoning him wasn't working out really well. Um, Maybe we should try something else. (laughs) (laughs) This is where things get, you know, they take have to take it a step further. It gets dark. Um, Later that year, that. Anderson filed for divorce so last year. Forty-two year old Anderson Carmo was very conveniently robbed and shot thirty times at his home in Rio de Janeiro on June 16th, 2019, according to BBC 30 News. Times? He was shot thirty times. Oh my god. Like that's not a robbery. That's like overkill. No. Like that's emotional. Yeah. The murder instantly became national news, and it was the talk of the town, nay, the country. Like, truly, everyone was, like, (laughs) abuzz with it, like, for weeks and weeks after the murder. And many media outlets and, like, people on social media threw around many conspiracy theories of, like, political conspiracy, persecution, and assassination. And Florida Lee gave an interview during her son-slash-husband's funeral. sobbing and begging for justice to be served as his killer or killers were still at large so now we're in 2020 Uh two weeks ago the story had grown stale and it was just old news um no one had talked about it in a while and people i don't know i guess in like the last year we've been way more focused on other world events like um a global pandemic (sighs) just really taking up our our attention (laughs) and also some other political stuff in brazil really you know took people's attention away from the story. So it was almost forgotten about. That is, until there was a break in the case just two weeks ago. The police had tapped the phones of Anderson's <gasps> immediate family and found out about the poisonings and that, in oh. fact, all of the A-kids were in on the plot to kill him. <gasps> And that the robber that killed him was actually 38-year-old Flavio Dos Santos Rodriguez, his adopted brother, and one of Florida Lee's biological sons. Oh, my God. And the gun was purchased by 18-year-old Lucas Dos Santos de Carmo, one of the adopted children and, and another one of his brothers. Who? Yeah. Prosecutors announced charges against Florida Lee and 10 others, including six of her children and one granddaughter. Arrest warrants were issued against nine of the accused. And 59-year-old Florida Lee Dos Santos de Souza remains out of custody because of her political position as a lawmaker. She is afforded parliamentary immunity. What? Though, I know, it's fucking ridiculous. Though police have pushed to have her title as congresswoman revoked. Obvi. Well, yeah. (laughs) Obvi. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, In the words of homicide chief Antonio Ricardo Lima Nunez, the conclusion of the investigation reached was this that she planned this cowardly murder. And that's the story. Still developing. um And truly, like, a soap opera of a scandal going on in Brazil right now.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. So that's. um.
1: But, you know, I feel like I'm really happy you shared a story from another country like that, because I feel like it's so easy for us to get hooked on what we hear. Oh, yeah. In our little corner of the world. And there's so many other things going on that are,
0: you know, huge, Mm -hmm. but we
1: have no idea.
0: Yeah. Like, and especially, I think, with us being so isolated With COVID, people are, like, really down. They're really, a lot of people are really depressed. Um, The news is very depressing just this entire year that people are actually staying away from the news on purpose. Mm -hmm. And so that media bubble that was already so small gets even smaller when people aren't really keeping up with other stuff that's going on in the world. Yeah. Not to, like, drag Brazil's name in the mud. I'm only dragging this one incestuous, monstrous Brazilian. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Just her, just her, and the kids that plotted to kill and successfully did kill um, poor Anderson.
1: Man, and then that's again—it's another one of those things where it's like, well, I mean, it's messed up they did that, but they were what chance did they have being raised by a woman who did those kinds of things? I know,
0: and also I'm like, well, I feel bad for Anderson because if I like that he like was very adamant about giving equal treatment to all of the siblings. Yeah. But if the rumors are true that he was like hooking up with his mother slash wife and his sister slash ex-girlfriend at the same time, if they had like some threesome thing, like a throuple thing going. Yeah. Like the thing is like the truth is always somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. usually. Um, And like he didn't deserve to die. No. But um, this whole family is just like all kinds of fucked up. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Sorry. It just it it gives it almost I don't want to say it gives adoption a bad name but it's like it for someone for a woman to adopt kids and Mm -hmm. then go on to marry one I feel like it, it makes adoption seem less Mm, what's the word like when you adopt someone they're your family
2: and yeah.
0: to change
1: your mind on that like clearly she wasn't adopting all these kids because she cared for them and wanted to be their mother
0: yeah that was not the reason no i'm sure i i think like i would like to think that maybe those first five kids that she adopted um were like maybe genuine Mm -hmm. but then she saw the effect that it had on her fame and her public image yeah and she just she's like how do i up the ante um let me just adopt tens of kids (laughs) 50 more uh i just wonder like what their living situation was like were they in this mansion or is it like a complex i mean i'm sure she was making bank too um, I feel mm-hmm. like uh, evangelical pastors that are, like, famous like that, they really make a lot of bank. And fuck, like, she got all the profits from the movie of her life.
1: Right. And yet those other kids still ate the way that they ate.
0: I know. Just so ridiculous, so unfair, really <sighs> disgusting. Yeah. Very fun to read about, for sure. Like, the scandal is like, wow. But, um... Yeah. It's just it's It's crazy the thing, and you know it reminds me a lot, like how you're saying, just like if you adopt a child, that's very, very commendable, and you know, especially if you like love them like they're your own, but this case also kind of reminded me of um the hearts that lived up in Oregon, and they um drove off their car off the cliff here in like Mendocino County. In the coast, of California coast here, just like north of us. Oh, yeah. Anyways, tune in. I don't want to give too much of it away. Um, but yeah, if you are interested <laughs> in this case, the podcast is called Broken Hearts. It's very, very mm-hmm. good. If you want like a deep dive about it. Anywho, on oh. that bright note. Anywho, um, <laughs> what do we have for paranormal? <laughs>
1: <laughs> paranormal. So I. I was really. I came up with several ideas. I have. I have a lot on the back burner. But um, we talk a lot about not a lot, but it comes up frequently about Ouija boards, and you know how you know we warn people to be careful of them and all that. But I've always in the back of my head wondered, well, why is it the Ouija board is so like be so careful, and yet we will so willingly do tarot readings and oracle readings and pendulum readings and right
0: and pendulum like, is so similar because you can have like a pendulum yes. board whiz which counts as a spirit board
1: yeah so i was like i i want to learn even just for myself a little bit more about the ouija board to find out why exactly it's mm-hmm. so taboo and
0: Ooh. um
1: so i decided to delve into the history of the ouija board
0: oh my gosh i love this okay i can't wait <laughs>
1: I can't wait, and I have to say, like, I am so much more open to them now. Not saying, like, disclaimer, I'm not doing this to, like, tell our readers, like, go buy yourselves one and go for it. Like, I'm not saying that.
0: But you personally, you're, like, feeling a little yes. more comfortable with it after your research? Yes. Okay, interesting.
1: 100%. let us see
0: if you can convince me, because that's going to be your hardest sell. So.
1: <laughs> okay, let's go. <clears throat> um. So let's see. Ouija. So it's also known as a spirit board or a talking board. It's typically, and this is for anyone who like doesn't totally know, um, I'm describing it. So (laughs) typically a flat board marked with letters of the alphabet, the numbers zero through nine, the -hmm. words yes, no, occasionally hello and goodbye, uh, along with various symbols and graphics. It uses a planchette, which is a small heart-shaped piece of wood. Nowadays, it's plastic and sometimes has a little... I am still using, like, hand motions like you can see me.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I cannot. It has, like, a
1: little viewing circle.
0: Yeah, yeah. Of them. Almost like um, a magnifying glass, or sometimes they'll just have, like, yes. a hole, right? Yep. mm mm-hmm.
1: yeah. um, And it's used as a movable indicator to spell out messages during a seance. Uh, So participants place their fingers on the planchette, and it's moved about the board to spell out words. The word Ouija is now a trademark of Hasbro, but it's often used generically to refer to any talking board. So, while Ouija boards took off in the Victorian era during the spiritualist movement, its first mention can be dated back to China around 1100 A.D. Oh. I know. That, i was like really found in historical documents of the song dynasty the method was known as fuji or planchette writing and was oh. more of an automatic writing method
2: that's cool the use
1: of, isn't it the use of planchette writing as a form of necromancy continued and was a central practice of the oh shoot i meant to look up how to pronounce this Kwan-Zhen school. Okay. I think it's a, uh-huh. under special rituals, rules, and supervisions until it was forbidden by the, oh, man, Qing Dynasty? Qin. Qin. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Qin Dynasty. In fact, several entire scriptures of the Daozhang are supposedly works of automatic planchette writing. It's oh. posited that several other countries practice similar, if not the same, type of necromancy. So basically, this has been going on for a very long time. Wow. Yeah. So, but that's did, what we have, like record-wise, what people have looked into and have been like, "Oh yeah, that's
0: did you probably hear where it started. the story of like how it got its name, Ouija?"
1: <clears throat> oh yeah, I'm getting it Okay. Cool. 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 Oh, well, I got it. I got it. <laughs> okay. So fast forward to the Victorian era, the spiritualist movement took off in America in around 1848 after gaining popularity in Europe, and this happened for a couple of reasons. Okay. For one, it worked for Americans. It was accepted as compatible with Christian dogma, meaning one could hold a seance Saturday night and have no qualms with attending church the next morning.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. This
1: was considered okay. Okay. But another reason is the Civil War. So from 1861 to 1865, mm-hmm. fathers, sons, grandfathers, nephews, lovers all went off to fight, and some never returned. So families were desperate for answers and often turned to spirit communication. They just wanted to know oh. if their loved one was okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, while there had been other wars, this just happens to be a mix of a war and then the spiritualist movement. Mm-hmm. Kind of combining into, I think, people getting more comfortable. Right. But at this point, their main means of communication was calling out the alphabet and waiting for a knock at the right letter.
0: And it Oh, was... so it was, there wasn't even a board.
1: No, not initially. Um, and a lot found it to be deeply boring and tedious. Yeah. Uh, and with the invention of the telegram, having become a regular means of human to human communication, people expected the same from spirits. I mean, hello. We now have like Ouija boards for iPhones.
2: <laughs> you really? It. You I'm know, not I'm not totally but... sure,
1: but we have like spirit boxes and things like that because we want instant access to whatever we want. Right, right. So I I feel them. In 1886, the Associated Press printed a story about new talking boards taking over northern Ohio. However, it was Charles Kennard in Chestertown, Maryland, that claimed to have invented the board. He asked a man who worked next to him, E.C. Reich, 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 I think. Uh, I could be wrong. A cabinet maker and coffin maker to make a few.
0: Oh, my gosh. How apt. I
1: made cabinets and coffins. (laughs) So while EC claims he came up with the idea too and that Charles took it from him and went on to make it a business. Oh, I said, well, well, he claims. I'm going too fast for myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited. I'm very into this. So EC claims he came up with it or he was part of it. In either case, it became extremely popular in their hometown. And then in 1890, Kennard traveled to Baltimore, where he met Elijah Bond, a local attorney, and Colonel Washington Bowie, a surveyor. I'm not sure why it's important that he's a surveyor, but that's what he was. Okay. Together, they started Kennard Novelty Company to exclusively make and market these new talking boards. Mm. But, obviously, the board needed a name. Right. So, this is the fun part in april 1890 possibly april 25th and let me say there is a man who is actually like devoted to the history of the ouija board
0: oh really i can't
1: remember if i wrote his name down um like I an expert ouija historian on. yeah that's where like he's the one who found these dates oh wow which is kind of cool um so possibly April 25th of 1890 the men had a séance with Elijah Bond's sister-in-law Helen Peters who Elijah claimed was a strong medium They asked the board what it wanted to be called It spelled out O U I J A And when they asked what that means the sport the board the board spelled out I'm not going to spell it out but it said good luck So very eerie huh. right But What needs to be said is that Helen Peters drew a chain from her neck and showed the men a locket with an image of a woman and the word Ouija written below. What? Kennard, right? Kennard asked Peters if she had been thinking of the locket during their session, and Peters said no. That was good enough for Kennard. The board had found its name. But who was this woman? It's actually very possible that the woman in the locket was famous author and popular women's rights activist, Weida, I think that's how you say her name, whom Helen admired, and Ouija could have been a misreading of that.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Right? I thought that was very interesting and very like, oh, it's named after possibly a women's rights activist. And she's actually an author of quite a lot. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and either way, like, even if someone could see the locket and spelled it out, they spelled it out wrong. And I love <laughs> the good luck.
0: <laughs> good, good luck. <laughs> what do you mean? Good luck. Not helping you out. <laughs> what i couldn't, <laughs>
1: <laughs> What I couldn't find out was, um, where they got the pronunciation from. Right. Because there, there's some that have claimed that it's a mix of we oui and ya. Ja.
0: Right, like, yes, yes. Like,
1: yeah. Um, but the story is pretty pretty solid. Multiple sources state that this is how it went down. Okay. Um, and that it was from potentially her locket.
0: I wonder if it was pronounced like Ouija, and then like over the years people have just been mispronouncing it and pronounce it Ouija instead of Ouija. It's possibly like that.
1: Yeah. But, okay, so now they have the name. Next mm-hmm. came the first patent. So, on April, uh, April, where did I get April from? February 10th, 1891, Elijah Bond brought Helen Peters to the patent office in Washington to file his application. There, the chief patent officer demanded a demonstration. And I found this word demanded on several sources. So hmm. he really...
0: Wanted to see I, it in and action.
1: I don't, yeah, I don't blame him. I'd be like, I'm sorry, this does what? Show me.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> um, like, low-key, so it, it,
0: do- it talks to dead people. <laughs>
1: it just talks to dead people. It's no big deal. It just talks to dead people. Um, so, he basically, he said that if the board could accurately spell out his name, which was supposedly unknown to them,
2: mm-hmm. that
1: he'd allow the patent application to proceed.
0: Oh, very mm -hmm. smart.
1: Right? He's probably sitting there thinking, like, "These fucking (laughs) idiots,"
0: Or he's, like, he's the idiot. He's, like, forgot that he's wearing his name tag. (laughs) (laughs) You never know.
1: You never know. But, obviously, they sat down and began. And, of course, the planchette perfectly spelled out his name.
0: Which was? So... Do we know what his name I, was?
1: I, you know what? I don't know. Oh. I would have written it down if I found it. Bummer. I just know that part of the story. It has to be out there somewhere. If someone He's, knows, let me know.
0: They're like, Bob, B, B? No, he doesn't look happy. Okay, let's try another letter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're going this direction. Does he look spooked yet? No. <laughs> this way. This way. Oh, there we go. There we go.
0: <laughs> no, I like to believe that it was just the, the spirit board doing its thing. Yeah. But- Okay, so they got the patent. So they got the patent.
1: They got the patent. It spooked him enough to award a patent for this new word game, in mm-hmm. quotations, game. So <clears throat> while the first patent asserts that it works, it doesn't explain how. And really, mm-hmm. these businessmen didn't care. They were really successful, and they figured the more mysterious, the more attention it would draw, and they were yeah. extremely right. Yeah, I bet. Which I will insert real quick that though the spiritualist movement was massive during Victorian times, there were quite a few like, um, I, I want to say charlatans. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> people who faked it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. And there was like, even like a team of people, like so many teams of people that were trying to debunk these
1: quote-unquote
0: mm-hmm. charlatans.
1: I know there are movies about it I gotta find some.
0: Um, what's his face? Uh, Houdini was one of them. Uh-huh. He, like, was... He actually really wanted to find a real one, and he just went around debunking people, and he, like, told his wife... We'll get into it another time, but, like... Yeah. Yeah, he is definitely one that was a debunker. Skeptic, yeah. if you will. It
1: was definitely a big, like... I mean, like things are nowadays, people being like, that's not real. Yes, it is. I'm making mm. it. But like, well, there's always some. Well, when sense... it was so
0: widespread with the spiritualist movement, like everyone and their mom knew like yes. a seance going down. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And then the whole ectoplasm
0: oh, the photography. Ectoplasm. yep,
1: I know. Like, it's all super cool. But like, I just, I have to insert that too. Like the pendulum swings both ways, but it comes to rest somewhere in the middle. So, by 1892, the Kennard Novelty Company went from one factory in Baltimore to two in Baltimore, two in New York, two in Chicago, and one in London. So, like,
0: boom. Real expansion. Business is a booming.
1: Super booming. However,. By 1893, just a year later, Kennard and Bond were out. Like, they backed out of the business hmm. for various reasons, um, okay. which I think I even wrote here. There's a bit of drama involved in them leaving, and then William Fold stepped up and ran the company. Like, I found all this, and I was like, I don't want to talk about that because I don't, it's just men being men.
2: And it's not being interesting. Like, being like
0: children <laughs> or petty or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, it's nothing interesting. But in 1919, something interesting did kind of happen. So if you remember, the last of the original guys that um, he met up with was Colonel Washington Bowie. Mm-hmm. He sold the remaining business interest in Ouija to William Folds, who was considered his protege. And had been with the company since the beginning, um, like when they first started one of the factories. Oh okay. he sold it to him for just one dollar.
0: What? Yeah. So he, Un just, dollar? he wanted him
1: to take over.
0: <laughs> wow. That's but, nice. Fun
1: fact William Fold died in nineteen twenty seven after a freak fall from the roof of his new factory. A factory he said the Ouija board told him to build.
0: Oh, that's so eerie, isn't it? That is really, really eerie. I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, that. If if <laughs> I want, I want to know who this spirit of Ouija is. It's always the board saying it, not a spirit through the board necessarily. Like the way things are worded. Hmm. So it always makes me wonder, like, who's saying this? Are these just, like, a bunch of dead people being, like, we got these people. Let's fuck with them.
0: <laughs> Let's fuck around a little.
1: <laughs> Let's do this.
0: We got nothing else to do. <laughs> We're bored.
1: We need something. So before I move forward in time, it should be mentioned that during Victorian times, certain rules existed. And before I state these rules, think, think Victorian um, clothing. You know, oh. very covered.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Up to the
1: neck. And beautiful, but like very modesty was a thing.
0: Yes. um,
1: You weren't supposed to be alone with people of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. And people weren't supposed to be touching. Okay. Like two big rules. And the Ouija board clearly broke these rules. It was built so that you put it on your knees and fingers would touch, making it the ultimate date game.
0: Ah.
1: Right. So this was like <laughs>
0: the Victorian version of spin the bottle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and like you you know someone out there was like S E. Yeah. Just getting nervous, She's getting nervous. Ah, Let's okay. change it up. <laughs> um but the the original directions actually said for best results use with two people, lady and gentleman preferred. Huh? Okay. And thus, men would often buy it for women.
0: Oh. Instead of flowers, here's a board. Here's a board. With a, a planchette. <laughs> and it has There's letters. With it. <laughs> Let's sit in a dark room and get cozy.
1: <laughs> Call on the spirits, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <sighs> huh. Yeah. Well, so now we know Talking Boards remained popular during and post-Civil War, but why did it continue, right? Because mm-hmm. Civil War eventually came to an end and people came to terms, I will say, with what life was like post-Civil War. Right. But if you know your American history, you know the 1910s and 20s brought about things like World War I. The manic years of the jazz age and prohibition
2: continuing oh, yeah. the
1: trend of curiosity. hmm And it was actually so normal in these times that in May 1920, artist Norman Rockwell depicted a man and a woman Ouija board on their knees communing with the beyond on the cover of the Saturday Evening Post. Oh. Like it it's a thing.
0: Yeah. During well, the culture Great Depression, like it's just right? a thing.
1: It's an everyday thing, um, and I don't know that I mentioned it further down, but like, there's even an episode of I Love Lucy where
0: they, where they, use they a do Ouija a Ouija board. Ouija board? Oh, I don't remember yeah. that one. Oh, cool.
1: Oh yeah, oh, oh my, okay. My head's gonna replay it a million times now because I love that episode. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so during the Great Depression. The Fold Company opened new factories to meet demand for the boards. Oh, I'm sorry. By the way, he renamed it to himself, (laughs) if you didn't catch that. No longer the Kennard Company. Um, Over five months in 1944, a single New York department store sold 50,000 of them.
0: Oh my God. Okay.
1: Right. Wow. During the Great Depression.
0: Yeah, no, where was after, money was, um, I don't know, tight.
1: Yeah, things were tight, war times, everything. Mm-hmm. In 1967, the year after Parker Brothers bought the game from the Fold Company, two million boards were sold. Which oh my god. In 1967, that's massive. And it outsold Monopoly.
0: Shut up! Really? Yeah. Whoa, okay. It
1: was popular. 1967, so still really not that long ago, this was still a very popular game.
0: Right. Game. And it was still considered a game. (laughs) Quote, unquote, game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that same year saw more American troops in Vietnam, the Summer of Love in San Francisco, and Mm -hmm. race riots in Newark, Detroit, Minneapolis, and Milwaukee. So, like, there were a lot of things going on that obviously continued people's curiosity.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So
1: that all of that being said, and not that long ago, why did it get the bad rep that it has today?
0: Right, like well, why are like with, people like so like oh, like don't mess with it? Yeah, I think I have a suspicion. I want to see if maybe I'm correct, but if yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead.
1: With anything that claims to provide answers, it was misused, but by who? That might be up for debate. So there were little things. Here and there, like anything, that kind of were like, oh, I'm just that's just that sound. So in 1920, National Wire Services reported that would be crime solvers were turning to their Ouija boards for clues in the mysterious murder of a New York City gambler, Joseph Burton Elwell. Obviously, police weren't like super stoked, but right. You know, nothing bad, but the people were trying to help. Uh, In 1921, the New York Times reported that a Chicago woman was being sent to a psychiatric hospital tried to explain to doctors that she wasn't suffering from mania but that Ouija spirits had told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days before burying her in the backyard.
0: Okay, but just because a board tells you to do it, girl, you don't have to. (laughs) What's the board going to do? Throw the planchette at you? (laughs)
1: Trying to reason with with people. That's just the board said.
0: So I had to.
1: Right. Not really how it works. Okay. Again, though, that's also during a time where it was, like, popular.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But then, 1930, newspaper readers thrilled to accounts of two women in Buffalo, New York, who'd murdered another woman, supposedly on the encouragement of Ouija board
2: messages. Mm. So. Another little
0: oop. ooh! It's <laughs> an ooh moment. Ooh! In
1: 1941, a 23-year-old gas station attendant from New Jersey told the New York Times that he joined the Army because the Ouija board told him to. So. Okay. A lot really of big oop, life like,
0: decisions made from a Ouija board.
1: <laughs> yes. Which, you know... People still have that curiosity. Something major is going on and they Mm -hmm. want clarity outside of their own brain. Yeah. They need direction. So they turned to Ouija. In 1958, a Connecticut court decided not to honor the Ouija board will of Mrs. Helen Dow Peck, who left only $1,000 to two former servants and an insane $152,000 To Mr. John Gale Forbes, a lucky but bodiless spirit who'd contacted her via the Ouija board. What the hell is a ghost going to do with that money?
0: Yeah, like, he's (laughs) not here.
1: (laughs) And finally, we get to the year 1973. And this is the year that changed everything Ouija. Oh, yeah. This is the year the Exorcist was
0: released and yes! scared
1: everyone shitless.
0: Yes, I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I even wrote it down. But it's not you like knew it. But yeah, I knew it, guys. I knew it.
1: Yeah. So, why did this For any if anyone hasn't seen the Exorcist. So, why,
0: What based... are you even doing here if you haven't seen the Exorcist? No, I'm just kidding. But Go see it. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, I highly encourage you to which, this
1: is this is one of the movies that, as a young kid, I begged my parents to let me see it, and they had to rent it multiple times because I kept falling asleep.
0: That astounds me. Because I have a very <laughs> I... different story with that movie. Um, <laughs> my dad has I a crazy not. story of the first time he saw that. Really? Um, yeah, he was watching it. It was, like, either he rented it or it was being broadcast on TV but like his parents were um away and so he had the house to himself and so he got to watch it from like they're like oh th-, you know mom and dad's TV in their room and he watched the entire thing by himself <laughs> and then at the very end where like the credits roll with like the Gregorian chants uh-huh the air conditioner unit in the room like toppled over and fell and like made a huge bang and it was like perfect timing like as soon as the credits hit and the music hit that thing (laughs) fell to the ground and he like I guess like he's he claims he's like I jumped like six feet in the air from the bed (laughs) and then just like hit under the covers I don't know how old he was at the time but um maybe like early teens or something Mm-hmm. Cuz I don't know if it was like the year that it came out. He was born in 69. So if it was like sometime in the 70s or whatever, he was like young, impressionable, yeah. you know. Yeah. Right. Um so I always think of that when I think of The Exorcist and I think of my grandfather who walked those concrete steps. Oh, really? Um cuz he attended Georgetown. Um Ooh. for college and I guess he lived in that area where it was filmed the house, and those mm-hmm. steps, and he was like, oh, that was like my regular, like, walking route. I, like, walked those steps so much. Ooh. So, yeah. But, I yes, like The Exorcist. Watch the it. The
2: Exorcist.
1: So, if you, if you haven't watched it, I'll, I'm not going to give this away. Okay? But, it was supposedly based on a true story. Mm-hmm. But the implication was that 12-year-old Reagan was possessed by a demon after playing with a Ouija board by herself, and it changed how people saw the board. Yeah. So, and the true story that it's based on, it's very, 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 very loose. I actually, Mm -hmm. I can't find the movie, but there was another movie made based on the actual story that it came from. Which yeah, I think I've it heard it. It's very, very
0: different than what is actually yeah. depicted in it The Exorcist. Was,
1: it was in the thirties. It was a boy named Roland and he did indeed play with a spirit board, but it 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 wasn't like, I, I was borderline thinking, like, oh, this might make, like, a fun topic for another episode, but there's really not much out there. It basically was, like, some people were like, oh, he's possessed, and we exorcised him, and he's fine. And other people were like, he's just, he's always been a very troubled boy, and he finally started, like, really acting out. Mm. And the way he acted out was nothing like Regan in
0: The Exorcist. So he didn't vomit uh, Campbell's pea soup?
1: No, and it's funny you say that because I wrote in my notes. What's interesting to me is that no one had any qualms with the spirit board until it made until the devil made a girl vomit pea soup.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so because like the view and like that's the view like the mentality that I was raised with is that it mm-hmm. opens a door. It like leaves to you susceptible. Satan yeah. Exactly. Very satanic yeah. like, panic.
1: And that it happened almost overnight that Ouija all of a sudden was a tool of the devil. And for that reason, it inspired horror writers and movie makers. And they began popping up in um, scary movies, usually Mm -hmm. as a gateway for demons or the devil himself. But outside of media, the following year saw the Ouija board denounced by religious groups as Satan's preferred method of communication.
0: in fact, in <laughs> it's kind of funny to me. <laughs> He's sitting like on his like fiery throne, like yeah. Some people like prefer their phones, or they prefer email. <laughs> I prefer the Ouija board. That one, it's <sighs> that one for me.
1: <laughs> but in two thousand one, in uh, Alamogordo, New Mexico, <laughs> people burned Ouija boards on bonfires. Along with copies of Harry Potter and, for some fucking reason, Disney Snow White.
0: What? I mean, I guess (laughs) the evil queen was a witch.
1: But this is 2001. There's a lot of other references of witches at this point. Why Snow White?
0: (laughs) Very, very interesting. I don't know, but... I could see it maybe if, like, they thought Snow White was paralleling the resurrection of Jesus too much or something.
1: But why not Sleeping Beauty?
0: Good point. I don't think they thought this through. I'm just going to say. (laughs) Clearly, I don't think they
1: did. They really didn't. But, in any case, Christian religious groups still remain wary of the board, citing scripture, denouncing communication with spirits through mediums, and in fact, Catholic.com, which I did not realize was actually a thing, calls the Ouija board far from harmless and as recently as 2011, seven hundred club host, Pat Robertson, declared that demons can reach us through the board.
0: Right. So yeah, very a la Exorcist. Yes. Is this yeah.
1: none of these were said before the Exorcist. It wasn't until after that Mm -hmm. these views were shared and this reputation even reached within the paranormal community and this is his name's robert merch he's the ouija historian like that's actually what he calls himself Mm -hmm. ouija historian he says that when he first began speaking at paranormal conventions he was told to leave his antique boards at home because they scared people too much
2: oh parker
1: right like it reached everybody. Yeah. No matter what they believe. These paranormal conventions, I believe in mediums and psychics and pendulums and tarot, but not the Ouija board. Hmm. Very interesting. To me at least. Yeah. Um Parker Brothers and later Hasbro, who owns it now after they acquired Parker Brothers Parker Brothers in 1991, they still sold hundreds of them, but the reasons why people were buying them had significantly changed once spiritual they were now spooky as fuck Mm -hmm. and in recent years ouija has once again become popular driven in part by economic uncertainty which we know this leads to curiosity yes and the board's usefulness as a plot device in movies
0: oh yeah like Um, there was like an entire horror movie that was just called ouija yes yeah
1: there's actually uh, a couple, and I think I do mention it at the end of this. In 2004, Universal made a movie inspired by the board oh. called Surprise, Surprise, Ouija.
0: Ah, there it is.
1: Yeah, oh. right there. Um, but it also inspired the hugely popular Paranormal Activity, uh, one and two. I don't believe
0: is there a Ouija in the first four? one
1: um briefly i believe
0: i remember it in the second one but not in the first one
1: um because what well, it happens they have the Ouija, and then she wants him to get it out of the house and then it appears back in the house that's right and yes, then yes, it like yes. lights on fire mhm it's just you know yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah i
0: forgot about that man mm-hmm. i totally forgot about the paranormal activity uh saga
1: <laughs> i I'm one of the very select few, I think, that likes it, and I think,
0: oh, no, I, think I think people they need were, to give it a chance. I think they were re- like cinematically revolutionary in the horror genre. That mm-hmm. it's because I mean, you look at the movies from the '70s and '80s, and everything was like about the visual effects and like doing close-ups yeah. of like the the skin ripping and like the blood and whatnot, yep. and then we have. The evolution of what is scary is now what we cannot see. Right. I think that that's just, it was just so smart.
1: It was. And showing that sometimes what's really scary is not this big, massive thing that, you know, obviously it became bigger, but it started very small. Yeah. Which, again, was very typical of people who experience hauntings in their homes mm-hmm. where it starts small and gets bigger. and It kind of right. gains strength. So... Mm-hmm. I still love the entire thing. It goes a little bonkers the further you get through.
0: Oh yeah, like once thing, you but... get to like the the third or fourth one, it's like, okay. All right, now." But yeah. man, that second one when they when it shows like that it took place it takes place in Santa Rosa. I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god, too close to home. Too close to home." <laughs>
1: oh yeah. It happened here. Um But yeah, they they definitely featured a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Um it's been in like random episodes of shows like Breaking Bad, Castle, Rizzoli and Isles, and obviously multiple paranormal reality TV programs.
0: Right. Yeah, totally.
1: Um, at one point Hot Topic sold a set of Ouija board bra and underwear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, taking that
1: Victorian mindset to a whole nother
0: level. Yeah, let's just Talk swing it exactly the opposite <laughs> way.
1: Um, Spirit Halloween has a line of Ouija-themed decor. If you go to their website and you go to decor, there's an entire section for Ouija.
0: Yeah, and like, I mean, there's so much um uh on like, our instagram feed that comes up not on our our particular feed but like when we're browsing Mm -hmm. other people's feeds and like the spiritual witchy community there's a ton of like merchandise and apparel and things that are inspired by oh yeah the ouija
1: the ouija it's
0: like iconic at this point
1: it's it's extremely iconic and what i did one source does say that there are apps for it i did not look um just because I, I don't know, I didn't really care for an app, I'd rather have the real thing but mm-hmm. um apparently you can find, you, there are ways, there's, not ways, but like, if you want to commune with spirits, there are apps for that because it is 2020. Yeah. There's an app for everything. But Hasbro has released multiple versions of the board at this point um that include, they have, there's like a glow in the dark and then they have the mystical and they're they're really working it up here.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, now that I've covered the history, the next big question that most people have is, well, how does it work? Right. Because we kinda understand the mystical approach. Right? Like mm-hmm. spirits move the planchette. Fairly simple. Right. But does science have an explanation?
0: Mm. Because interesting.
1: You always want to look into all explanations before you decide something is what it is. Yeah. Um. And scientists obviously say that they're not powered by demons or spirits.
0: Yeah. I mean, did we think they would say differently? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This just in: scientists don't believe in ghosts. (laughs) Though some scientists are. Some of them do, but like when it comes to like the physics of things. Yeah. They're going to stick to the known rules of physics.
1: <laughs> right. They got to touch it, see it, feel it, all of that. Mhm. Um so, how do they think it works? They believe they're powered by us and work on a principle known as the ideometer effect. In 1852, physician and physiologist William Benjamin Carpenter published a report for the Royal Institution of Great Britain examining these automatic muscular movements that take place without the conscious will or volition of the individual. Think like crying in reaction to a sad film, for Mm -hmm. example. Like, you just can't help it. Right. Um, Or if someone like says, think fast. You're going to turn and you're going to
0: cringe, but you're going to hold your hands out. (laughs) Right. You're going to be, like, alert and ready to catch something or swat something away. Yeah.
1: And you're not thinking about it. It just happens. So, um, almost immediately, other researchers saw applications of the ideometer effect in the popular spiritualist pastimes. In 1853, chemist and physicist Michael Faraday, intrigued by table turning conducted a series of experiments that proved to him, though not to most spiritualists, that the table's motion was due to the ideometer actions of the participants. So that was another thing that was very big in Victorian times. It was table turning. I still like, think we could do a whole like episode DJ? on Victorian. i <laughs> would
0: be so sick. <laughs> DJ Bare Ankle! <laughs> Scandalous um the, no okay yeah, do so. you mean like in seances like a table starts turning yeah. is that what it is mm-hmm. oh okay wow so it's Ta- uh, like... like
1: turning or like raising like rising up
0: oh how the turntables like have <laughs> 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 I. I honestly there if there's an episode where there's not an the office reference from me I'm not feeling well <laughs> <laughs>
1: Always at least one. (laughs) At least.
0: I always sneak them in there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where was I? Dr. Chris French. He's a professor of psychology and animalistic psychology at Goldsmiths University of London. He explains, it can generate a very strong impression that the movement is being caused by some outside agency, but it's not other devices such as dowsing rods the fake bomb detection kits that received scores of international governments and armed services which i had to look this up because i was hmm. like wait what
0: interesting so,
1: little little side story the devices made by gary bolton a 47 year old man were simply boxes with handles and antennae um and the prosecution said he sold them for up to 10,000 pounds each claiming they could detect explosives the trial (laughs) the trial heard the firm had a 3 million annual turnover selling the homemade
0: devices oh my god
1: like that was a thing (laughs) that was truly Um, a thing (laughs) yep but I guess it's an example of something that works on the same principle of non-conscious movement um Mm -hmm. And this is a quote. The thing about all these mechanisms we're talking about—dowsing rods, Ouija boards, pendulums, these small tables—they're all devices whereby quite a quite a small mu- <laughs> this quote had an extra at, ah, and I'm all over the place. They're all devices whereby quite a small muscular movement can cause quite a large effect. Hmm. So, planchets, in particular, are well-suited for their task. Many used to be used to be constructed by a lightweight wooden board and fitted with small casters to help them move more slow, smoothly and freely. Right. Um, but now they're plastic, so they're very light, yeah. and they have felt feet, which also help it slide over the board easily. Mm-hmm. And then again, we have another quote. And with Ouija boards, you've got the whole social context. It's usually a group of people, and everyone has a slight influence, French notes. With Ouija, not only does the individual give up some conscious control to participate, so it can't be me, people think, but also in a group, no one person can take credit for the planchette's movements, making it seem like the answers must be coming from some otherworldly source. Right. Moreover... In most situations, there is an expectation or suggestion that the board is somehow mystical or magical. Once the idea has been implanted there, there's almost a readiness to happen. So, this is where my brain lights up. Because I've always wondered, as I said in the beginning, why are Ouija boards bad but literally everything else is okay? Right? Mm -hmm. Because if you think about why does a pendulum work, what's moving the pendulum? Right why aren't we saying take my body satan it's all yours by moving a pendulum but that's what happens with the spirit board (laughs) right so this is where like my brain i like to have like a little bit of both sides like science and then i like the unknown and then i like trying to pair them to figure out like can i find the truth that way right so when i was younger and i did dance i did ballet Dance instructors would always tell me, think about the movements because your muscles will work on it even if you're not doing it. And now with ehlers Danlos, I see a physical therapist fairly regularly, though mm-hmm. not with COVID, and she's said the same thing um as did one in a group therapy, physical therapy thing that I went to. They all said if if something's too hard, just think about it because even if you're not doing it, your muscles are practicing it very very minutely
0: oh that's
1: right? cool yeah um so even if you are tired and you want to work out and you don't have the energy just think about it
0: <laughs> think your you're way not to gonna get big and strong that way but <laughs> like <laughs> um well it's funny because like i can't ever read anything without like feeling my tongue moving as if i'm trying to speak it out loud but my mouth is uh-huh. closed
1: I've noticed that sometimes with people, like I know my mom does it. Sometimes when I'm talking to her, her mouth is moving like she's copying what I'm saying.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I've and I. That's interesting,
1: right? And I've I've, I've seen that with some a other people, few people other too. People. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We don't think about it, and I'll I'll like mention it to her, and she's like, "What? No, I'm not." Like you, you were. I was watching your face, <laughs> um, but. It's very much a thing, and I actually, I don't remember what the documentary was or why I was watching it. I feel like it may have been a science class in high school, um, but it was all of, it was about our muscles, and it mentioned how our muscles try to mimic the actions we see, like when we pay attention to someone grabbing a cup, our own muscles mimic this action, but so minorly that we don't notice, and like part of this documentary was someone like their brain was hooked up to something, and they're watching videos of, Like, people doing actions, and they were measuring their muscle um, movements. Oh, wow. And they found that people were kind of mimicking this. So, okay, like, I'm mentioning all these things, but why? Because I'm inclined to believe, and there are some other mediums that agree with this, that Ouija or spirit boards are simply a tool for channeling. Uh, Perhaps even a safer version of channeling, if you know what you're doing but dangerous still to those who don't know anything about it.
0: So so basically you're saying like we always kind of envision that like the ghost is somewhere on the other side holding the planchette with us and like we're like along for the ride as it drags along. But really it's that the ghost or the spirit or whatever it is is channeling through you like you're moving it but your movements are being influenced from channeling a spirit. Right. Oh. And like this isn't
1: like I 100 percent agree, like this is what I think, like it this is just what it leads me to believe.
0: Right, yeah. No, because it's an in interesting it's what makes theory. Sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um and you know, if one can enter a trance state to communicate with a spirit, it's possible we either allow the spirit to inhabit us to move the planchette, or we subconsciously communicate what they tell us by moving the planchette.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Either
1: way, I think science and spiritualism kind of blend perfectly here.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. So, interesting theory. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think I like a it theory. a little less that <laughs> you know, something's, you're channeling something. I'd rather mm-hmm. it be a little more detached where I'm like, oh, like, you know, there's grandpa just like putting, like, I have my finger, but he also has his finger in a ghostly way on the planchette. <laughs> but he's not touching yeah. me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I Interesting, but I mean that also makes a lot of sense like if that's the way it is, it, it's it's a good way to reconcile the two.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I if someone completely disagrees, that's still super fair because it's it's I don't think it's something that anyone is going to be able to prove anytime soon. Mhm. One way or the other. Yeah. Um, but it did also make me feel a lot better about the relationship between The board and Satan.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, because that's like the big thing that people are scared of.
1: Right. When it comes to Ouija. And also like with the theory that I've found for myself, it still kind of holds a bit of that, you know, still be careful
0: connotation to
1: it. When you're doing anything spiritual
0: and trying to connect and communicate with something that is not living physically in this world. you're going to want to be careful and just protect yourself and have your boundaries. And maybe we go, maybe we have an episode on what that exactly means. Uh, Because they say that often, but we never like really instruct people like how they can set their boundaries or do things safely.
1: I think that would be huge because that is one of the things, the many things that I see on social media, people talking about, set up your wards and your circles, which for some people, that is exactly what you need to do. But not everyone practices those things
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah
1: um and there are some other just psychological boundaries that you need Mm -hmm. um
0: so i do i think that if the board tells you to um leave all your money and your will to someone who's already deceased maybe don't maybe don't do it
1: (laughs) yeah question it a little bit
0: yeah Wow, that's all really interesting. I love learning, like, history of stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry it wasn't, like, super spooky, but I also kind of felt like... I mean, the history of it is kind of
0: spooky. It's very informational, and honestly, anyone who I think loves the paranormal is always intrigued by Ouija's and... Mm -hmm. Just like knowing where it comes from, I was sure, like that. I was super interested, and it, it still felt eerie because, like you, you know, you think yeah. of all these stories of when, like, like when they were getting their patent, and that apparently the Ouija board was able to guess, or maybe not guess, but just knew the person's name, right? Um, yeah, still won't touch it, personally, for me. <laughs> um but maybe it makes me feel maybe a little better about you know my sister owning one yeah um i don't know i'll I'll sleep on well, it
1: <laughs> and i also wonder, too like talking about setting up boundaries and how it may or may not work um i'd be interested in trying it but with setting that boundary of you cannot do this through me mhm you can do it through the planchette only and see uh, if anything yeah. happens
0: right now i'm i even though it wasn't like per se like what we usually do for paranormal where we do like a a spooky story i still feel Mm -hmm. like creeped out um so you still did it (laughs) (laughs) okay good would you like to do our outro i
1: don't remember what to say for the outro
0: this is your test (laughs) 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 um well tune in every wednesday Uh, for our episodes Um, oh we usually go like this Uh, I like forgot like I'm suddenly on the spot (laughs) and I do it every time but I forgot Um, so thanks so much you guys Uh, you've been listening to The New Witches I'm Maria I'm Laura and you can um, listen to us every Wednesday we do uh, witchy topics and we kind of flip flop between witchy and then a spooky episode like this Mm -hmm. Um, and so next week, we'll have a witchy episode. Um, you can follow us on um, Instagram and Twitter at The New Witches. And we're also on Facebook, The New Witches Podcast. And this podcast is brought to you uh, by just us right now. Just us. <laughs> we don't have any sponsorships. We're still um, small. Uh, small but mighty following. Uh, and yeah, we're hello- growing. And hello to all of our new followers. We just gained like 200 plus new followers in the last like week and a half yeah yeah it's been
2: a huge spike
0: yeah which is so Mm -hmm. so exciting we're really happy that you guys are newly along for the ride with us um and yeah if you'd like to sign up for patreon uh we give our patreon members um exclusive benefits and it really just helps the podcast we have goals for getting better equipment and it basically helps um, us improve the podcast for you guys and to keep creating the content that you guys love um, so you can find us on patreon.com slash the new witches and I'll also do a note that every 13th of the month we have our listener stories episode so it's coming up real soon and we need more stories Um yeah. we have a few but we really like to at least cover like six an episode um, so please write in any of your kind of creepy, spooky, um, close call, I don't know, witchy, paranormal, true crime, or just like straight up weird UFO, yeah. glitch in the matrix, any sort of weird experience or spiritual experience that you have had um, that you'd like to share. Please do share it. We love hearing from our followers and being able to share those stories and feature them on the episode. We read them out loud. Oh, Yeah cuz so, i think
1: that one is going to yeah. come out um before our next witchy one.
0: Right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's the yeah. day before my birthday.
0: I think it's like what is it? a week from when we're recording right now, right? Yes. It's no. Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, definitely send those stories in um and help us, you know, not have to come up with something else to talk about for the rest of the <laughs> Oh, we can try. Like I've been minutes. writing down my dreams.
1: You want to hear them? <laughs>
0: um. So, yeah. So if you want to submit those, you can do so on our website, thenewwitches.com. On our contact page, we have a form that you can fill out. Um, or if you just prefer to type it out in an email, you can email it to us directly at thenewwitches at com. And yes. that is pretty much it. Thank you so much, guys, for listening in. We hope you've been spooked and creeped out and learned a little. Yes, I hope so. This one was a a cool educational spooky one. We we usually don't have those, so I liked it. Um, Okay, good. So, yeah, guys. See you next week. Stay witchy. Keep it creepy. Bye. 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 Bye.